0: Lock talk radio. La la you. la la Wait till I get my money right. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke, I spent that on a necklace. I told God I'll be back in a second. Man, it's so hard not to act reckless. The whole much is given, much tested. Get arrested, guess, until he get the message. I feel the pressure under more scrutiny. And what I do, act more stupidly. Bought more jewelry, more Louis V. My mama couldn't get through to me. The drama, people suing me. I'm on TV talking like it's just you and me. I'm just saying how I feel, man. I ain't one of the Kazis. I ain't going to...
1: One Bleeds Red... One bleeds blue. Two friends. One heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. right, let's go. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are,
2: Scott and Mike.
3: Edition of Red versus Blue. I'm Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. As always, joined by the big blue co-host uh, from Brandonburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mike, I, as I look at all the news we have to cover, we we could have like a four-hour show on this. Probably daily. There is so much information that I just want to get out and bust out and just throw out there and just marinate in your own brains, man. It's just it, it's. It's it's only May, dude, and there's so much information out there. It's almost overload. Yeah, no question about it, Scott. Uh you know, the OTAs, uh, they're
1: going on right now and uh, you know it's who's showing up, who's not. Uh seems like most everybody is uh being there in camp uh when they need to be. Uh obviously uh, Tom Coughlin, he was a little uh upset at the fact that uh Nix Mix did did not show up. Uh but for the most part, they're uh, most of the most of the guys are showing up. Uh, they're ready to get dedicated to the year and uh, get get dedicated to uh, winning the championship.
3: Three four seven three two four five four zero four. This is the Red vs Blue Show, sponsored by FFToolbox.com, uh, one of the largest independent uh, fantasy websites in the country for all the news you can use in fantasy football. Uh, Mike, this is the last day, I just real quick, for May Madness. It's the early bird promotion for the Fantasy Football World Championships. You put your $200 deposit down in the month of May, uh, you qualify for a drawing. The May Madness giveaway is 1 in 20 shot at a free main event team. We've already given away six of those bad boys. We're going to give away a couple more this weekend based on signups. Uh, it's been a, a good couple of days here. Uh, for the Fantasy Football World Championship, and we've got a a lot going on at the Mirage, man. It's just so exciting to hear these calls uh, with these guys, what they have planned, what they want to do for the fantasy community, and that's what excites me, when the players get to actually, when we as players are embraced by the regular world, and when I say regular world, not the fantasy world, but the regular world that wants to get into fantasy, that's what's so exciting, because we've been waiting and waiting, you know, all this time, and you know, we get to see it on ESPN on Sundays. Uh, we have it. We have, they have a pretty good show on Sundays. You know, you do see something like that. But other than that, it's 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 primarily off in its own little world, the fantasy world. You know, uh, so to see somebody like the Mirage want to pick up business in their in their book and kind of kind of just change the game in their sports book, so to speak, um, and you know, take the horse gamblers, put them over here, make it a big fantasy world in the sports book. That's pretty cool, man. It's pretty exciting stuff.
1: Yeah. And you know what? It, it just keeps, uh, it keeps growing, Scott. You know, the fact of the matter is that, uh, there's a lot of people that are uh, like myself. Uh, you know, I just joined the high stake world, uh, four or five years ago. And, uh, there's guys and gals right now that right now they cannot wait to just jump in and jump in with both feet saying, you know what? I'm better than those guys. So let me, let me give that a shot. So, uh, and to have a, a venue like the Mirage, I mean, that's going to be awesome. I mean, just just to be there and do it, I mean, that's all it takes is one time. Go there, do it one time, and next thing you're hooked, but you're hooked with a lot of friends, a lot of great friends that you uh, can gain knowledge from.
3: Yeah. And immediately following the opening kickoff game, Ravens versus Broncos, we're going to be headed to the sports book for the Mirage Invitational Draft. Uh, where some of the best players in the world. You have to be ranked in the top 100 to uh, register for that. If you're in the top 100, you can register, and we're going to fill a table or two there for the Mirage Invitational. You can look at that uh, on the Games tab at the uh, page, fftoolbox.com. You click Games, you'll see all the contests that we have for this year. Uh, Okay, Mike, let's get right to it. Uh, First of all, at RedBlueRadio on Twitter. Uh, If you want to email us, redblueradio at gmail.com. You can uh, email us your questions. And if you want to call us, 347-324-5404. Dave Ronnie's going to join us tonight. One of the uh, one of the new players to the Fantasy Football World Championship. He was also had the one hole in that Tuesday night draft. So I'm going to go ahead and put a link to the draft board uh, in uh, the chat room here. Thank you, crew. The best minds in the world of high stakes fantasy football have been in red versus blue. We set the bar, Mike. We kind of set the standard for podcasts that covered live drafts. We were the first to do it. And it just sort of took off, uh, you know, and and I'm loving it. You know, that's what that's what's uh, so exciting is to go on to okay. listen to these drafts online and follow along on the draft board. But brothers, mayhem, fantasy assassins, get paddled. Henry Muto, IPS, Taz, Mint, Wayne Ellis. Uh, just seeing you guys in the chat room every week. Uh, that's why we um, that's why we do it. Okay, Mike. I was. Um <clears throat> I was, I was looking at uh, the Arian Foster news, straining the calf. He's out till training camp. What to kind of take from that? Well, you know, we all remember what happens when you underestimate Arian Foster. When you let him fall to the five or the six pick or even further, you know what you're in for. We've seen this game before, right? We've seen this show. If right. Arian Foster turns out and burns you, uh, so he does strain the calf. He's out till training camp. You have Ben Tate with this opportunity, Mike, and it's a big contract year for Ben Tate. So just keep that in the back of your mind, big contract year for Ben Tate. You want to make sure if you do take Foster, you have to get Tate.
1: Yeah, there, yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, the one thing about it, I, I, I don't put too much uh, stock into uh, the injury right now. Arian Foster is going to be fine, in my opinion. Uh, he's going to go uh, – You know he's going to go fourth, fifth, uh, maybe, maybe even third off the board uh, right, right away. Because uh, Ben Tate, you know, he's going to fill in if need be. But uh, I don't, I think Aaron Foster is going to be just fine in this situation.
3: Ben Tate's average draft position is in the ninth round, so at least you can fill up some of your starters before you have to kind of take that stab. But it is climbing; it's going to climb uh, right now. I've seen it climb as high as the seventh round. Seven five uh, is the highest I've seen it climb. And look, you you start to take that pick because you kind of have to. You you, if you have Arian Foster, you need to ensure you lock up that ground game. And Ben Tate looks like the logical guy this year uh, to kind of carry that extra workload. So definitely keep an eye on Arian Foster. They're talking about Bolden, Mike Anquan Bolden. uh, You remember when he was a top five wide receiver in the league? They're saying he looks like a number one wide receiver. And with Crabtree out. Uh you know maybe there's something there. In the 7th round, it's worth taking a stab. He went 712 in a recent uh in that recent Tuesday night draft if you check it out as wide receiver 36. Now that's value. Gotcha. That's just ridiculous. He's going to finish in the top 30. Uh you you just you, I I understand the concept of taking guys with much more upside than Anquan Bolden, but you have a pretty safe play in Anquan Bolden especially with the injury to Crabtree. Well, you do but on the other side
1: of things, is uh, is the connection uh, possibility going to happen as far as uh, Kaepernick to Bowden? I mean, how how good is that going to be? You know, that, that's something that you have to think about. I mean, Bowden can look good, Kaepernick can look good, but you know, if they're on if they're not on the same page uh, in games, uh, that's, that, that that won't bode well. So. Uh, I believe that uh, I, I think Bowden's going to be decent at, at the spot, but uh, as far as the connections, I'm a little uh, I'm a little skeptical. I'll be honest with you.
3: Well, uh, again, you know you you have to think that Kaepernick is uh, going to do a lot this year. He's going to do it with his feet as well. So uh, you have a great running game. They're going to have to focus on that. I would imagine that Vernon Davis takes a bigger role. Uh, you you would expect something along that line uh, for for that to happen. Um, Vernon Davis is kind of one of those players that I just really don't want any part of. I know he has that great upside, but it seems like he completely disappears. And, you know, I feel like a Dennis Pitta is a much type of a safer pick. I see Vernon Davis routinely being drafted ahead of guys like that. But I would just much rather have a guy that just isn't so inconsistent. And so, you know, I, I think it's- that Bolton is in a, a prime situation at this point in his career to have one good, really Reggie Wayne s career, you know, good year here with Kaepernick, especially with Crabtree out. So, well, well uh, I, you
1: know, I, thought, I I kind of believe that too, and it's it's going to be kind of a crapshoot. Uh, we'll know within the first two weeks, not necessarily the first week of the NFL games, but the second week within the first two weeks of the NFL, we'll know if Kaepernick and uh, Bowden are on the same page. If they're on the same page. This could be totally dynamic. There's
3: no doubt in my mind. Nick Z in the chat room too. Welcome, buddy. Uh, Peyton Manning feels more comfortable this year. <laughs> oh man, you know this is really this isn't really fair. Uh, you, you give Peyton Manning another weapon in Wes Welker. You got to feel for the other quarterbacks in the league that are sitting around looking and saying they wish they had something. Uh, of the caliber of Demarius or Decker or Welker, much less all three, uh, and he's going as the third quarterback off the board right now at five two. Mike, you have to give up a fifth round pick, and if you look at the Tuesday night sitting uh, drafting go that I that I posted, you I can take it. an Am- you can take an Amendola, a Colston, a Chris Ivory, an Antonio Brown, it's or a Tony Gonzalez. It's a it's a very quality player that you're turning down to get one of the best quarterbacks in the game now my question to you is is he worth it because i mean if in the past if you said peyton manning was a fifth round pick you have to you have to take you're like if peyton falls to the fifth i'm taking him And that's how it always has been but in the year that we're we're seeing all this quarterback production 13 quarterbacks uh, had over 300 points i think last year just insane numbers maybe 17 uh it, it, it's kind of like uh, it's very hard to turn down one of those players you can plug in your lineup every week, like a Colston or a Vincent Jackson to get a quarterback. That's a little bit better uh, fantasy wise than uh, somebody that you can get later, like a Stafford or a luck.
1: You know, when I saw Peyton, uh, drafted, there's a five, two, I'm looking at, uh, who's behind him. Uh, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, and then you go in uh, Kaepernick, Cam Newton, uh, and then, of course, in the seventh round, then you got some Russell Wilsons, uh, Stafford, Griffin, Luck, Romo, uh, Peyton Manning. Uh, that, that's a logical fit, actually, for that team in that position at, at that time that they drafted, in my opinion. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, would you would you draft Peyton Manning ahead of Tom Brady? I don't think I would. I honestly would take Brady uh, before Manning. But then again, there's so many weapons that uh, Manning has before him.
3: 347-324-5404. We've got uh, DeMarco Murray declaring, I'm going to play all 16 games. Mike, I I know Murray's this guy that's... You, you're, you're sitting there. You need another running back. Um, running backs seem to be going, uh, you know, first three rounds. You need to get at least two there and feel good. Some some people, like our very own James, uh, Jim Day, Fantasy Taz, are ta- he's talking about maybe giving him three. This is the year. Just get those running backs early because the wide receiver depth is so – it's just so deep this year. You're going to be so happy with the wide receivers you get later. And I totally get it. Uh, Murray is one of those guys that if you did take a wide receiver – and you're kind of in that realm of, okay, let's say uh, you, you're looking at David Wilson, DeMarco Murray, maybe a Lamar Miller. DeMarco, he's in the conversation, and you're just worried about the injuries. And now he's sitting here talking about all 16. Well, every running back wants to play all 16. But if he plays all 16, Mike, I want a prediction. If he plays all 16 games and he avoids the hamstring injuries, right now he's going at 3-5. He's going at 3-5. He's the 18th running back off the board. So we're valuing him at RB18 right now. Where do you think he'll finish? If he
1: plays every game, if he plays all 16 games uh, and gets the touches that he needs, uh, he will finish in the top 10. Top 10. He will finish ahead of Alfred Morris. He will finish ahead of David Wilson, Chris Johnson, uh, maybe even Matt Forte if he plays every game? And that is a huge question that you ask. But you know what? The bottom line with that is they 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 needed some offensive line help. They got some. Uh, they've got some uh, weapons uh, as far as uh, Jason Witten uh, and some other receivers to free him up. The, they have to free him up going forward with having trust in the offensive line and saying, okay, this is our guy. We're going to run. We're going to see what happens. But he he has to also be able to be a receiver. He has to be a receiver. I mean, you know, to be a top ten uh, running back in Dynasty football, you have to be able to catch those balls. You have to be able to rack up those points. But uh,
2: if he's healthy,
1: to to answer your question, Scott, uh, if he's healthy for 16 games, he's a top ten running back. If well, not, Mike, if I'm, a, I'm a,
3: a – I'm gonna go even go a little bit I'm gonna go a little bit further than that. And I'm gonna tell you if DeMarco Murray plays all sixteen games, he's a top three running back fantasy production. He's not he's the type of guy, he's he's a dual threat. He's running and receiving. He'll catch seventy balls, get close to three hundred carries, that puts him in the top three of uh, of fantasy production. He's that good uh, and that involved in the game for Dallas. And Dallas is a high potent offense. So if you have a lead back in a situation like the Cowboys, you have tremendous yeah. upside. So my my point in this whole discussion is I think people have the ceiling wrong on DeMarco Murray. Right now we're drafting him at his floor, RB18. That's his floor, right? I mean, he finished as running back 26 last year and missed like seven games, right? So right. we're basically just, drafting him at
1: first year. I mean, he just needs to stay healthy. He needs to stay healthy, but for him to stay healthy, that means a solid offensive line and uh, everybody else has to be on the same page.
3: Yeah. Well, uh, Murray, Murray's one of those guys. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and bring in our guest for this evening, Davis, Ronnie. Uh, Dave, you were in the chat and, and in the draft last uh, Tuesday night. Welcome to Red vs. Blue, my man. Congratulations. That's your debut, buddy.
2: Thanks a lot, Scott. It's, uh, it's really exciting for me to be on. And, Mike, thanks for uh, letting me have a chance to uh, talk a little football with you guys. Good deal, Dave. Glad to have you. Yeah, thanks. Well,
3: thanks. We, we we do like to introduce uh, our, our guests. Dave, uh, just tell everybody a little bit how you got your start in fantasy. And, you know, I'm, these are the types of things. Like, I remember – the guy that i I drafted the first ever Terrell davis that was kind of like my guy back then and when i'm you know that was the to date times i didn't have you didn't have internet uh fantasy going on and I'm not that far back like a lot of the veterans are, but that was kind of my uh, my starting thing so tell us about where where, where you're coming from
2: uh, well you got a better memory than me i uh, I don't remember my uh my first guy uh I know that i'm a running back guy and i was uh i was picking back in my first football. Leaves uh, with buddies uh, I'm a Canadian So uh, when I was in high school We did a lot of uh, fantasy hockey little fantasy uh, baseball But then uh, kind of football Became um, more of our Main interest So uh, back in 2002, 2001 I'm guessing probably uh, Fred Taylor is a big fan of uh, Fred Taylor or uh, Marshall Falk or something like that I know I had those guys a few times back then
3: I remember the Cordell Stewart's of the world, Mikey. Uh, went, when those are the types of memories I have, you know, everybody's taking him in the first round. You remember how we had the call center set up, Mike, and then we we kind of set everybody in their little yep. cubicle, and then we had the draft boards up there, and we had we had two leagues of twelve going on in a live draft. Do You remember that? Oh yeah, oh
1: yeah, that was a lot of fun,
3: man. That, those are the good old days. Well, Dave, uh, look, you uh, you're a teacher, right? You you you're teaching in your blood.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's my uh, my job. I've been a teacher for about uh, 14, 15 years, and, yeah, I really enjoy it. And you jumped into yeah, the fancy football. Uh,
1: you're going to have Go a ahead. chance to uh, do the main event there with the uh, FFWC this year? Yeah, I just
2: uh, I just got a couple of teams. uh just uh, registered uh, two or three days ago or something like that. Can't do the live stuff because uh, being a teacher – that uh week before uh before we start was pretty busy and I've got three young kids, so uh right. there's a lot of uh a lot of a lot going on that weekend. Can't get away to Vegas. But uh I promised myself that would be a retirement uh present from for me, uh, in the distant future that uh I'll make <laughs> sure that I get down there if I'm still into this fantasy football thing. Good deal. Yeah, it might not be
3: a bad idea to one of these days uh find a way to just set up something for the guys that can't get off and maybe we all go out there maybe like three weeks early before the you know the school season tight because it is hard it's hard to get out there for when the school season starts I got two kids eight and six so I completely sympathize with you we always have to figure out how they're gonna get to school are they gonna go to school are they gonna go to school late do they get approved off for that time you know it's kind of tough so maybe maybe it would make sense to appease uh, uh you know some of those guys that just can't make it and you know give them a little bit of a taste of Vegas not on opening weekend but
2: still something there it's not a bad idea now yeah yeah well i can just imagine the excitement though that that uh that weekend down there it must be uh it must be pretty amazing being in the draft rooms and stuff like that getting to meet some of your uh some of the guys that you've got to know uh through online leagues and stuff like that so that that'd be pretty cool to be able to make it down there one time
1: it really is uh it really is neat Dave uh, last year uh, was my first time to be in uh Vegas, uh drafting live in uh high stakes events and uh you know it, it, it's pretty cool because uh you know you get some people that come up to you and uh saying uh hey, I know you you know from the podcast or whatever but you you build relationships you build cool relationships.
2: that's awesome yeah
1: you build uh, yeah absolutely you build friendships and uh Next thing you know, you start seeing them on the message boards, uh, and they become – it's kind of of like what uh, Scott and uh, FFWC and uh, uh, Fantasy Football uh, Toolbox is doing. When they show that thing about, uh, you know, post who you are. Not just who you are, but uh, what are your interests and things like that. Just to, you know, that way when you meet each other in Vegas or wherever that you're – you've already built that relationship and you continue to build that relationship moving forward.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. And that's, that's the, I've just got into dynasty leagues, uh, as of last year. And that's the number one thing that I really like about dynasty leagues is getting to know guys, how they tick, uh, where, where to come from, from trade perspective. And, uh, and then as that progresses throughout the year, then all of a sudden a couple of the guys you're just having regular conversations with and, uh, kind of, daily life type of stuff. So you're you're building those relationships like that. Yeah, it's cool. Yep.
1: And, and uh, Dave, and that's uh, you, uh, go ahead Mike. Uh, yeah, uh Dave uh talking about uh dynasty, uh you know that's something that I always have a I always have a hard time with my dynasty teams, uh, because you know, I I build a uh, I build a team and sometimes it falls apart because uh, I don't uh you know I, I don't build moving forward uh so how many dynasty teams do you have and uh how how are those
2: looking um well i had one last year that was my first like one one main one i had a, a a smaller one but one main one um and uh did okay um team looks good this year didn't uh, quite make it to the playoffs but team looks good but uh picked up a few more uh this year like i went into uh the dynasty uh world championships with you guys um, a couple okay. teams there, so draft is uh, is done for one and uh, and is uh, almost finished with the other one. And right, everyone's team looks amazing, right, at this t- <laughs> at this time of year. All right. Until you get a few Michael Crabtree uh, injuries before the season starts, then all of a sudden you're scrambling and your team doesn't look so good anymore. So right now I'm really looking liking the looks of the teams. Um, we'll see how things uh, progress once <laughs> the season goes. Okay.
1: You know I I'm just going uh, to – the it, it's a real uh, it's a real sense of ownership uh having a dynasty team isn't
2: it Oh yeah totally totally Uh the yeah. thing I like the best about it that other uh formats don't offer so much anymore at the kind of higher stakes redraft or or a draft and go type of uh thing is the trading like I'm I'm a pretty hyperactive uh manager so I uh I like trades I like trade offers I I like I even like getting the crazy ones uh that uh some people get offended by because i don't know i just just like i like the excitement of opening up that email and seeing what's there and stuff like that it's kind of like christmas for me so to speak so it's good man i've
3: i've I've referred to it as the exact same way dave i don't don't care if it's a bad trade i'd rather it obviously be a good and compelling trade for me to think about a lot of them are just easily quickly dismissed but it is that excitement. You click the button and here it goes. It opens up a package and you don't know what's inside. And I've, yeah. I've heard a lot of a lot of these first-time dynasty players. I know you're not a first-timer, but a lot of these first-time dynasty players, it's just being on the clock all the time, even when it's not your pick. See, that's the difference between dynasty and redraft, Mike. When you're in dynasty, that maiden draft is so much fun and memorable because it's so much different than redraft. In redraft you got the one pick. You wait for 24 picks. So right around pick 20, you start to say, okay, I'm up. Let's see who's still there. Uh, you you have a long waiting period. There might be a little bit of forecasting and looking down on your list, but you're kind of hoping for a guy to fall, and you don't really have much to do. In Dynasty, it's totally different, If especially with the slow it? clock. Uh, I know what? there's uh, bro, Brothers Mayhem's talking about it. He's in the 14th round right now. So a lot of these guys take a lot of time. And so all day long, You're thinking about Emmanuel Sanders. He's probably the guy I would take here. Now, do I need to trade up to get him? I don't know if I should or not. You're thinking about it all day until finally you're like, man, I want to go up and get the guy or whoever it is. And so you're on the clock even when you're not on the clock. So it's a pretty (laughs) cool thing for new dynasty players to experience, Dave.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's it's funny how uh, as you're on the clock, you might even become a little bit more obsessive with that player that you were kind of borderline and then 10 hours go by and you're like, oh, now I really need this guy as you keep thinking about it. And maybe another couple of picks go by and it's been like another 10 hours and now you're dying to get that guy and you start making offers to, to go after him. So it's yeah. a, a pretty fun process.
3: Well, Dave Osrani is our guest today. Uh, we, we talked about uh, you, you're in the dynasty, you were in that draft and go, but the main event, the Fantasy Football World Championship, you've you ponied up for that, two teams. I mean, what would it be like to hear your name – as the fantasy football world champion. I, I, we, we like to do that. We like to really showcase our players. And I think everybody by now knows the name Matt Bailey, because yeah. that's, that's kind of what we've always wanted to aspire to do. And you got to get lucky. You got to get hot. You got to have all those things kind of fall into place. Then you, then it happens and it's just surreal. And you know, what would it be like for you to be the fantasy football world champion?
2: Oh, that'd be awesome. It'd be so cool. Um, I don't know. You, you dream big, right? These are like the, the dream. When I was, when you're a kid, you're dreaming about, uh, making it to the NFL or making it to major league baseball. Well, clearly those dreams are gone. So <laughs> now it's dreaming that you can win the, one of these big, uh, fantasy championships and take home that, that large, uh, chunk of money or something like that. Yeah. So it'd be, it'd be, it'd be pretty cool. And it'd be, uh, neat to look back at the process that I've taken, uh, slowly building year to year and, now I have that pool of money that I've made over the years to put towards these uh, these uh, larger uh, redraft uh, championship-type uh, formats. So it would be really now, cool. Now, does
3: everybody in the school, I'm really fascinated by the human element of this stuff. And, guys, we'll go longer after 10 if we have to, but we're going to finish up with Dave here. Are, in the school, do, does everybody kind of know uh, that you play, and do they come to you and ask for advice?
2: Uh no, not at all actually <laughs> uh, pretty much nobody would know um I'm an elementary school teacher, so uh, so we're talking uh grades uh kindergarten through grade eight, so uh, mostly women uh teachers, so yeah, it doesn't come up in conversation too much. They know I like football I coach uh like football up <laughs> here, uh so I'm pretty passionate about football, but uh yeah their husbands would be into it and so they would they would we would talk like some of their uh the big draft days for their their husbands and stuff like that and how they have the the friends over in the basement and stuff like that but yeah there's a couple of guys at school that would know but not many yeah
3: and what would you do with the hundred fifty thousand dollar grand prize are you is it it a standard answer you're going to Pay a little bit down on the house, take a little vacation, <laughs> put a little away for the kids' school. Is that kind of the game? Yeah, Mexican? yeah,
2: boring, boring stuff like that, Scott. Uh, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big spender with my, my cash. I, I won't be getting a, a Porsche or anything like that. So we're looking to, to move eventually, and uh, that would be perfect for, for, uh, for our next place. So yeah, that'd be great. Well, thanks.
1: Gosh. I, I got, I mean, I, I have to ask you this. I mean, because my sister, she's a school teacher. And uh, what would happen if you was to win? Because this would be right in the middle of the school year. Yeah. You win this, and you know you've won it, and you go into (laughs) Monday getting ready to teach uh, the elementary uh, students that you have. (laughs) I mean, what's your mind frame? I mean,
2: uh Well, I I suppose I'd have a bigger smile on my face that Monday morning than than your average Monday morning, right? Yeah, no, it would be, honestly, it would probably be business as usual. uh I would tell uh, probably a couple of people that know the, uh, that I'm into this, and no one else would be the wiser probably.
1: Yeah, they probably wouldn't know. They'd be like, "Okay, well, good." <laughs> yeah,
2: they'd just be like, "Hey, Mister Israni, he's pretty, uh, he's pretty pumped today. He's pretty, <laughs> he's, he's bringing a lot of energy today for some reason." <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> but you know what? Uh, just uh, from what I'm hearing you right now, that's just the uh, kind of just a, a third, uh, maybe a sixteenth of the re- the reaction that you would get that, that I would get. If, yeah,
2: if, yeah, probably. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'd be, I'd be, there'd be a lot of uh, noise in the house, that's for sure. My family would definitely know about <laughs> it. Well, Dave, uh, let's go ahead
3: and talk. This half hour is sponsored by the, the $99 Draft and goes. They're on Tuesday nights. Dave took part in the first ever Draft and Go for the FFWC. We had a good time doing that. And I have the draft board up here, uh, but let's talk about the Draft and Go concept. Obviously, you don't have, you just draft it and forget it and you don't have yeah, to worry be about beautiful. it. You can kind of look at the scoring every week and kind of see if you're in contention, see if you're getting wins, what kind of a point total are you racking up. Tell me about the strategy going in there a little bit uh, and, and what uh, what makes uh, your what you're thinking going into that format on Tuesday night.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I'm pretty uh, obsessive when it comes to these uh, types of uh, uh, formats. I like to do a lot of drafting uh as basically as zero as I can. Like I think this year I started drafting I think in March or something like that, uh, for some of these uh types of uh uh leagues. Um so uh and and the beautiful thing is, about it is that you can literally uh hone your drafting skills and different strategies and stuff like that as you lead up to the bigger um uh tournaments and leagues uh later on right before the start of the season. And um and yeah it's it's just it's just great you just you can have a a bunch of teams um and not have to worry about trying to run too many of them like i've discovered over the years that uh i have a kind of a limit to the number of teams that, uh, that i can manage throughout the year uh, mm-hmm. with waiver wires and trading and all that kind of stuff and then it becomes uh kind of uh uh un- unmanageable type of a proposition so Thirty is my number, uh even that's kind of high um so any of the other leagues that I'm in will be uh draft and go type leagues where you can just kind of set it forget it, check on the scores uh your standings later on, stuff like that. so my strategy is there's some uh overlap for your regular redraft leagues where you plug in your your own lineups, so I'm still gonna go running back heavy um, at the start, and uh then i'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bit more risk, uh, t- risk-taking type of a guy. I'll take on some uh, some guys that have injury uh, issues, guys that I might avoid in regular leagues because especially in uh, this draft and go uh, with 26 rounds, um, you're going pretty deep. So you got a lot of reserves and, and stuff like that. So you can go uh, with a, a few more risky guys that if they do well and they stay healthy like you're – DeMarco Murray, like you guys were talking about last uh, l- a couple of minutes ago, um, they could uh, really explode and dominate. And if you get them in the f- third or fourth round, like DeMarco Murray, and he he lasts the whole season and he finishes top three, there's a good chance you're you're going to win that uh, that that league if you didn't get unlucky anywhere else, right? So um, I like uh, guys that uh, wide receivers that uh, drive you crazy in your regular leagues because you can't predict when they're gonna go off. They might go off one every three games and put up goose eggs in the other two, like Desha- Deshaun Jackson or Vernon Davis is a guy you guys mentioned. He's a guy I love in this <laughs> type of uh in this type of uh um format because he's gonna have his big games uh and then he's gonna be kinda terrible the the other games. So you just have to now, pick a good uh tight end with that.
3: Now I'm gonna ask you one more question about that draft on Tuesday. Sure. Man, yeah. You just, just be as honest as you want to be. Okay.
2: But oh, for sure, on yeah. that
3: six, seven turn, when you took Kaepernick and then came back with Wilson, was that about the player or were you dirty dog? Were you trying to start a quarterback run?
2: Oh yeah. It was a bit of both to be honest with you. <laughs> um, definitely. I, I, I don't like being in the one spot. I don't like being in the tw- uh, 12 spot. Um, I like being somewhere in the middle. Uh, there's, Obviously, advantages of being in the one spot without without question. In twelve spot, you're getting your your top twelve and thirteenth player. So, like, there's some advantages, but I, I find that there's disadvantages um, being there. But the major pro is that you can uh, you can try to create runs, and I that's what I'll do. Like, I'll pick. I'll oftentimes, try to pick two wide receivers or two running backs back to back like that and see what I can do. And definitely quarterback's the best one that you can do with uh creating a run and and it worked. Uh, there was a run after that of on quarterback so oh, I, was, no doubt. I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, no
1: doubt Dave, but you know I'm looking at the board right now. I mean you go know, Kaepernick uh Wilson and then next thing you know after the uh the next pick there's one, two, three, four <laughs> four quarterbacks that were taken yeah. off the board. And I wonder how many of those owners the franchise, uh Lork, uh and routes, uh Brian Harwood, uh our friends from uh S uh B, FFC.com, I wonder how many of, of them are thinking, Wow, he took two right off the bat. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's uh it it, it was a perfect um, point there. Like I I d I, I wouldn't force that issue, uh, but I knew that there was about three or four uh QBs left at that point, where they're, they're, they're your mid-tier quarterback ones uh, with upside. Um, so I knew I wanted a couple of them. I was also thinking Stafford at, at that point, but then there was buy issues. You always want to take a look at that. So I went with the two quarterbacks that could explode in any game with their uh, running and maybe run in a touchdown or two in a game. And if they did that perfectly uh <laughs> in um, a nice pattern uh, opposite of each other, then that could be a really, <laughs> really potent quarterback uh, duo for me. So, yeah. Yeah.
3: One hell of a wide receiver run in that 7-8 uh, round, too. I mean, there was uh, quite a bit of wide receivers going in that realm. Well, Dave, hey, you're welcome back on Red vs. Blue anytime, my man. Uh, good luck. I, I hope to see you in uh, in the drafts and on the message board. And, and good luck in, the, uh, in all the things that we're doing up here, all the way up to the
2: main event. Great guys, thanks a lot. It's I uh, really enjoy listening to you guys. It's been a, a real pleasure to be uh, on. Take it easy, guys. Absolutely. Hey, thanks,
3: Dave. Bye. Dave Osrani, the red shirt of freshman, man. Look, it's it's uh, it's good to have new players. I love the fact that I, I did a count uh, the other day on our main event teams, and we're we're at thirty seven percent. We're probably closer to forty today. 40% of the teams that we have so far signed up early bird in May, this one month. We've been open for one month. Our business, our doors open right at the end of April. Uh, we were behind, uh, the other guys and, uh, we're at 40% of our main event teams are from new players, Mike. So it's always fun to see that, uh, the, they're, they're, they're coming in and we still got the pros. We've got the biggest of the hitters, uh, around and you're going to see them continually show up in these drafts. So.
1: Absolutely, Scott. And, you know, there's a lot of big things happening. Uh, you know, it was it was fun to listen to Dave and kind of uh, just talking about his team and uh, what's going on. And the Roto Bowl, I'd, I'd like to bring up the Roto Bowl real quick, Scott. I want to be in uh, Vegas uh, this year, and I just cannot wait to do this. Uh, can't quite do the uh, main event. Uh, well, you know, you never know between now and then. But uh, the Roto Bowl, it's a great price point for uh, – Anybody who wants to get into uh mid stakes, uh, entries, you know, I mean, we're on 300 bucks, 300 bucks. I mean, you can do that between now and then. I mean, that's not a problem at all. And we're, we're thinking about, uh, doing uh, two or three teams and they're going to be dra- uh, drafted live in uh, Vegas. Right, Scott?
3: Well, and that's the fun part. That's the little niche there that Rotobo does give. We draft online throughout the summer, and then we also have Open It Up for Live Drafts in Vegas. And it's a $279 price point, actually, Mike. So <clears throat> $279 with $2,150 in league prizes. And then, of course, you got the carrot at the end for one lucky winner, $25,000. Uh, but it's more, it's more about the being able to merge a contest that is affordable. It's not even to that $300 uh, mark. It's affordable, and it, and it gives you some nice return on investment at the $2,150 in, in league prizes. And still a carrot at the end. I mean, 25 grand. If you, wait. I've never won that much. Uh, I've got a 10,000 dollar check over here from RT Sports that I won. That's the biggest I've ever cashed, you know. So to be able to do a 25K, I'd be pretty damn proud of that and happy. And I and it gives you something. Look, you're you're exactly right. A lot of guys. I mean, 1,600 bucks, 1,700 bucks. That's a lot of cash uh, to be dropping down with families and wives and you know to be able to just come to Vegas. Maybe uh, you want to be out there with all the fun, but you don't want to spend 1,600 or 1,700. 279 is uh, Is um is an affordable price one. By the way, in the chat room they're talking. uh, I want to give our uh, uh, thoughts here to anybody in the St. Louis area. Sounds like there is a tornado touchdown right now. Get Paddle just reported that, and uh, we've seen too much of this here in the Midwest uh, this year. So we have gotten a lot of rain here. The corn's doing great. That's a lot better than the drought that we had last year. Uh, So I know all the farmers are going to be happy about that, being able to feed uh, their cattle and everything like that. But uh, tornadoes have been very bad. So we uh, our thoughts uh. Thoughts are with those in St. Louis right now, and it's coming this way, Mike, uh, here in the Indy area. So let's move on. We talked about Demarco Murray. We're going to move on uh, the Rams' offense. They're planning to be high octane. You got a couple of guys you got to consider here, Mike. It really comes down to Tavon Austin, Jared Cook, Sam Bradford. All these guys look like um, real guys that could have big fantasy seasons. Bradford could be on sitting on his biggest year. Cook definitely sitting on his biggest year, without a doubt. And then Tavon Austin, uh, a rookie in the league who's probably going to take him by storm. He's a seventh rounder right now going off the board as wide receiver 33. He'll be heavily involved with Sam Bradford. You only have quick and givens there. And we're not real sure what we have in quick yet. Uh, We know what we have in givens. It's a deep threat. He's going to catch a 50-yard ball just about every game or at least every other game. Uh, So Tavon Austin is a guy that can work all over the field. Uh, and it's going to be exciting to watch him. I think 7-7 seven, seven is too low. I think he will be up to closer to the fifth round, and somebody will get real excited about him and probably take him, you know, earlier than that. Well, by the time it comes September, these are guys that are going to be climbing. Tavon Austin is one of those guys, Mike. Do you believe that yeah. the Rams offense is going to really get things together now?
1: You know, I Tavon Austin right now, uh, he looks like he could be ahead of uh, – as crazy as this as this sounds, as uh, maybe a Ty Hilton, I mean, Tavon Austin has all the tools and everything that's available to him. Uh, Sam Bradford has been looking for somebody somebody like him. Uh, I think the division itself is going to uh, it might hinder him a little bit, but. Uh, Bottom line is, we're going to find out what kind of talent this kid has within, uh, I'd say, the first four or five weeks of the season.
3: I like the Rams' offense to improve. I like Sam Bradford to improve. He's one of my sleepers. I've just got done with my quarterback projections. And I have Sam Bradford chiming in at QB 14, uh, closing in on a 300-point season. So this is a guy, especially in those home games on the turf, Excellent opportunity for you to start there. So if you are thinking about waiting, and I mean really waiting on your quarterback, Sam Bradford makes a um, an intriguing option to be able to plug in uh, as a backup quarterback and really play matchups with somebody. So if you end up with like a Dalton or you miss the run, you know, there's look, there's 10 really, maybe 11, 12, well, actually 11 really good ones. I know you got RG3. You got the questions there about what you're going to get with him. Then you start getting down into the Eli Mannings and the Rivers and Palmers and You know that type of area, Uh, the Daltons of the world. That's where you want to take a Sam Bradford. Go ahead and elevate him up there. I like Dalton a little bit better, uh, just because I think he's improved every year. And I know that last the second half of last year was a complete fall apart for him. But if you take a look at what they've done for him, this is a make or break for Dalton. If he doesn't do something now with that line and those weapons, uh, I I think uh, you're gonna it would spell real trouble for Dalton. And I see him doing it. I see him turning around, coming through with a big year. So. Uh I Sam Bradford's a nice you know, little uh quarterback with upside, especially on those home games. So
1: uh, I do I like Sam Bradford a lot. Uh I have always believed in his arm and things that he has, uh his arsenal and uh, especially with this rookie. I mean that's gonna be great. Uh what do yeah. you uh what do you what you rank him with uh Ben Roethlisberger.
3: Uh, you know, I'm a little down on Roethlisberger. Uh, I got him at the 19th quarterback right now. Um, 2,700 yards, 21 touchdowns, something like that. You know, look, they're they're going to be in trouble, uh, I think, offensively. You know, until they're really able to get. Look, Heath Miller is his fallback. if Heath Miller is healthy, which I'm predicting he won't be, 100. Uh, uh, percent I think that's gonna that injury is going to have complications. I'm not predicting it. his. You take away Wallace and you take away a Heath Miller, and your ground game is new, and you don't know about what these guys Le'Veon Bell is going to do. You know, it's just a lot of change in it to ask one guy, and I would expect Roethlisberger to miss some time this year. He's not a guy that I would like to count on, even as my QB, two. Now, I will. I'll, I'll go ahead and take him as my QB, two, but uh, not somebody that I would like to count on. Uh, All right, so uh, let's move on to Aaron Dobson getting compared to Larry Fitzgerald. Dude, now, look, I love Greg Costell. I think he's an excellent analyst, or analyst, Um, and they drafted uh, Dobson as the 59th overall pick. They're getting a hell of a player here. Most are predicting that he's an opening day starter, Mike, and Dobson's been a winner all his entire career. Uh, He was at Marshall. They won a couple of bowl games. They, They weren't national champions or anything like that, but uh they won a couple of bowl games Uh before that in high school. He won a state title. Uh, he joined David Wilson in that uh, junior world championships in, in Canton in, in 2009. He is a, he's a heck of a player, a tall, long build vertical wide receiver. Uh He hasn't really faced the competition he's going to face in the NFL. So it'll be interesting. And I know some people are comparing him to Sidney Rice, but I think uh, they, they've named him the most promising pro receiver prospect from Marshall since Moss. And that's not, you know, that's Marshall. Um, but, look, when Belichick and that group of coaches takes you at the 59th overall pick, I'm kind of taking a, a real good look at this guy, and especially with the fact that Amandola misses time, Dobson presents real value. I'm in a draft right now. I wish I would have drafted him over uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and I just took Sanders, and I really regret. I'm like, man, I would have rather taken the upside with Dobson over Sanders. Yeah. You know, Scott, th- these guys, uh,
1: Belichick, New England, the scouting crew, everything they do—you know—for whatever reason, they seem to do it right, and they know they do when they, you know, they just—they—they they know what's going on with Thompson. They know they've got something uh, when uh, when Welker was gone. Uh, what I'm trying to say is they have really done their homework, and I believe in this Dobson because I believe in New England and Belichick and that whole organization and what they're trying to do
3: hard not to, hard to disagree there uh Here's a guy. look, we told you we are going to release the running back that I feel is going to skyrocket by the time September hits. Now, look, if you don't listen to red versus blue, you're not going to get this information. We're not going to, it's not going to be out there for the universe to see. This is a red versus blue exclusive tonight. A running back that is being drafted late, that is being drafted way too late, that is going to skyrocket, and his ADP will be much, much higher by the time Vegas gets here. That's what we're always looking for. We're always looking for any player that we can draft now that come September is going to be much, much higher. Uh, so that's going to be a red versus blue exclusive tonight. It's not going to be posted anywhere else. So unless unless you listen to the podcast, don't share it with anybody. Keep it for yourself. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's no reason. Look, as high stakes guys, I talk to high stakes guys all the time, and and it's, it's difficult because a lot of times we start talking about who are the guys, who are the guys to get, and you get faced with this real uncomfortable position after you're talking about it. Uh, they they say, look, l- let's not talk about this on red versus blue, you know. And I'm like, I, I totally understand. I respect that. It- it's it's kind of hard to not blur the line. I want to give you guys the truth. What's on my mind? What we're talking about? What the high stakes players are talking about? And so I I, I kind of tell the guys, well, look, you know, if it- if it comes up, it comes up. I can't I can't keep it out. Now this is not a guy that I'm talking about here. I- I'm not revealing anybody that I have talked to anybody about, um, except earlier in the year, and it- but but talking specifically about a player's ADP amidst the best players in the game right now, they're not taking this guy anywhere up there near the top. He will be drafted much, much earlier when it comes time for September. Now, one name that could be in this discussion is Ronnie Hillman. He added 15 pounds. Uh, It's his first year, Mike. You know, we saw what he was last year, right? He was kind of a, a guy that wasn't afraid to go in the middle but wasn't very productive. He bounces outside quite a bit. And uh he can catch the ball, but he's not very good at picking up the Blitz and so they didn't play him as much and and he It looks like he has some good uh real good acceleration and, and big playability, but they did spend a second round pick on Monty Ball. You do have Willis McGahee, who's nearing his twilight years. you have a Noshaw Moreno, it's a pretty crowded backfield and and the, and it's basically Peyton's team. so the question is how big is the ground game going to be in Denver? I'm not so sure I quite understand that yet. I haven't got through my running back projections. However, news like Ronnie Hillman adding 15 pounds, I like that news. That's not – you know, a lot of news in fantasy is just fluff. It's speculation. It's this. It's that. You know, it's just a lot of fluff, just filler, you know. But adding 15 pounds is not fluff or filler. It is fact. This kid, his first year working with NFL strength and conditioning coaches, moving from 180 to 195, and a big now here, here's where we start to get to fluff. The coach is saying that he's made a big leap in improve, improvement in his blitz pickup as a blocker. Now, see, that's not something I can really quantify. I can tell you for a fact, 180 to 195 pounds, big difference. He will be able to go in the middle much with with uh, uh you know a lot more aggression with an extra 15 pounds of bulk, Mike. Well,
2: I'm
1: you know I'm gonna mark it down, Ronnie Hillman. Uh, that that is a uh... That's kind of bold uh, con- considering uh, the type of offense that they're going to be running because uh, I-, I just don't see him uh, seeing the end zone much.
3: Yeah. Well, no, you're, you're exactly right. And that's why he isn't my pick. Okay. That's not the guy. I said he's eligible. He's the type of guy that could be in that discussion of somebody that rises up draft boards, especially as we start to watch and to see how, how uh, you know, they're going to treat the rookie in Monty Ball. I mean, I think at the end of the day – I think Hillman would be the starter if it weren't for Monty Ball. And, and I think Hillman may be the starter in the first part of the season. The question is, is he going to play aggressively enough and be productive enough? Uh, and is he improving in the blitz pickup, like the coaches you are know, saying, you know, for Monty Ball to hold Monty Ball off for the entire season? That's, that's what's up know, in the air. You know, the
1: more I think about that offense in Denver and uh, just in the last five minutes, uh, there's a lot to go around. There's a whole lot to go around, and uh, they're going to score a lot of points. And in the grand scheme of things, in in, in fantasy football, it's going to be perfect because it's going to happen before the bad weather hits. Most of it should, anyway, uh, September, October, November. So, uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how they uh, distribute the ball. But Peyton Manning, he is a – You know, I mean, he's a sharpie when it comes to distributing the ball to uh, different receivers. So, Hillman, I can see Hillman having a, um, you know, a 25-point week one week and the next week having a three-point week.
3: Well, a 25 would be a monster performance for him. Urinal Mint uh, says, Hillman looked very average in spot duty last year. You're absolutely right. Uh, 3.9 yards per carry, nothing spectacular, only 10 receptions, it's nothing uh nick z how can they say he's better at blitz pickup when they're not hitting yet so it's uh the 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 beef the extra 15 pounds is something to keep an eye on and see what he does with that uh a couple of other guys that i want to talk to before we release the running back that's going to be skyrocketing up draft boards i want to take a look at two second year wide receivers and you guys in the chat room you tell me alshon jeffrey or michael floyd now both are number two wide receivers Roberts you could argue Andre Roberts will be the the producing number 2 um in in uh Arizona's offense with Carson Palmer you know Ar- Roberts is, is is to contend with it's a kind of a three horse race there Conversely when you talk about Chicago you can call Al- Alshon Jeffrey your number 2 wide receiver but really Brandon Marshall is the number 1 and the number 2 wide receiver there right I mean Marshall accounted for 58% of Cuddy's wide receiver targets, That's insane. 58% of all the wide receiver targets went to Brandon Marshall. So it doesn't matter how good Jeffrey is. And I think if you read the reviews of what they're saying, he's much better at his route running and starting off the blocks. He's getting, uh, he's getting this stuff down in the, in, in the off season, uh, which is encouraging because we always thought that if, you know, he's a heck of a, uh, of a specimen, man, he could be very talented wide receiver if he lands on the right opportunity. The question is, is this the right opportunity? Um, Because Cuddy's number one and number two is basically Brandon Marshall. Will he share the ball? Floyd finished eight for 166 yards and a touchdown against San Francisco. The last week of the season, the last week of the season, Michael Floyd looked like an absolute. A monster. Somebody you could plug in every single week as a wide receiver, too. I mean, wide receiver one numbers, but somebody you could comfortably have a year wide receiver, two. Eight for 166 and one against San Fran. And that was with Brian Hoyer throwing him the football. So, and they're talking about uh, Floyd having a big year. Now, I don't want to – I mean, look, I love Floyd. I, I wish I could have got him to, uh, in this draft that I'm in. And somebody, I think it was Danny Mueller, uh, Blitzers, uh, he sniped me. So – um the big names are on Michael Floyd, and and I think that is a guy that will climb considerably on draft day. I think Josh Gordon has already climbed. I think we're seeing him being drafted earlier than he should be already. You know, Gordon is somebody that they've been talking about, wow this, ooh that, ah, that, and he's already being drafted, and I think there are even some drafters out there that don't want to lay all their cards on the table and even take him because, you know, they just don't want to show how they feel about him just yet. When it comes to September, all bets are off. And that's when those guys start to skyrocket, and they start landing in the fourth and fifth rounds because they have to have them. Uh, Michael Floyd is one of those guys that I would like to see end up on my fantasy team come September, uh, especially uh, if something were to happen to Larry Fitzgerald. You've got a, a real opportunity there. Now, I don't know how he's going to do against the number one corners in the league. He's in a, I think he's in a much better situation to learn year two as Larry Fitzgerald's you know counterpart on the other side of the field. very interesting to watch those two guys this year.
1: You know what, Scott? I'm hearing you talk about uh Michael Floyd quite a bit and uh Larry Fitzgerald just just for a bit. Uh I really think that uh, Carson Palmer and uh that whole team, uh those wide receivers, there's a pretty good chance that Michael Floyd is gonna jump up big time. He's gonna jump up the chart. Uh I'm not a big fan of Alison Jeffrey. I'm I'm really not. Uh, T Y Hilton is much better in my opinion he's going to move up uh uh but uh you know i see uh, michael floyd and uh and those guys are wide receiver for uh arizona to move up because i just i just feel like that carson palmer is going to get a uh, get a comfort zone with those guys and some things are going to happen with them
3: all right so let's get to this discussion let let me get to this running back here that i wanted to bring up Uh, The running back that I believe that is going to skyrocket up draft boards is not a name that's uncommon to anybody, especially in the dynasty world. You took him, very likely, as your number one rookie pick in all dynasty leagues. He's drawn comparisons to Ray Rice and Maurice Jones-Drew with the the size and the skill set that he brings to the table. He was the first running back off the board in the NFL draft. He was drafted recently at 8'11", in a uh, competitive high-stakes league, and at 8:10 in Tuesday night's drafting, go. The only person he has in front of him right now is Ben Jarvis Green Ellis at 3.9 yards per carry. Now Ray Rice, when he came into the league, he had to put on weight. Giovanni Bernard is already 5'9" 205. When you look at Ray Rice right now, he's 5'8" 212. MJD 5'7" 208. Rice, as a rookie, rushed for only 107 times, 450 yards, didn't score a touchdown in his first year. That's probably his floor. MJD, on the other hand, he kind of stormed the league, you know, with uh, Fred Taylor there, and I remember drafting both of those guys in uh, the World Championship. 150 carries for Giovanni Bernard. He's got a great offensive line there to run block especially with defenses worried about covering A.J. Green and Gresham and Eifert, he's going to steal the job, Mike. Ben Jarvis is, has like a couple of years left on his contract, right? Bernard is going to steal this job. And this kid, he is a dual threat as it, as it comes. He caught 92 balls in two years of playing college for North Carolina, 6.7 yards per carry. He's a heavy receiver, though. And the keys to his game—he's elusive, he's quick, he's got that one cut ability, and just uh, this, this. This is um, this is. Let me read you. Um, let me read you what our our pro well, from uh, well, our well, analyst from quick, FF uh, Toolbox. Real quick, I mean, he has he has what it takes. He has
1: yeah. what it takes. Uh, the, the bottom line is that uh, he he doesn't have the size. He's not tall. I mean, I took him. Uh, I took him number one overall, and I'm gonna stand with him. Uh, but I'm, I'm I question his size.
3: What do you mean? Height. He's he's five nine, two hundred five, dude. What do you mean? His height. I question five nine. That's perfect. I Doug just, Martin is five foot nine, dude. Ray Rice is five foot
1: eight. I know, but I. The, it's just looking. At, it's a different. It's a different landscape right now. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, that's why I drafted him. I drafted him number one overall, in uh, you know, in a couple of dynasty leagues because he he's the man. He he's the man. I I I feel like I like. But you know, I'm I'm just throwing out some some deficiencies he might have. I mean, could be his height.
3: Well, anyway, that's a that's a big fat zero for for me. Any in my concern, uh, again, um, on fftoolbox.com. If you go to the reviews, you can you can just go to the search bar and type in Giovanni Bernard up at the top, and you can read along with me uh, the scouting report that Matt Delima put together on him. It says the keys to his game are elusiveness, quick acceleration, one cut ability, with just enough power in his lower half to battle through and break tackles. Running backs may be a dime a dozen in today's NFL, but Bernard breaks that home run threat each and every time he touches the ball. His ability to run, catch, and return only heightens his value. And the Cincinnati Bengals saw that and took him as the first running back off the board. I'm telling you, this is your guy that's going to skyrocket up draft boards come September. You will not be getting Giovanni Bernard in the eighth round. So forget it. Well, I'll tell you what, that – that makes me feel that makes me feel
1: good, Scott, because I, I did I did a lot of hard work into drafting him. Good <laughs> deal.
3: Well, so look, there's a there's a lot of things we could talk about. I've got another whole long list. I tell you what, I think we going to save all that. We're probably going to do another show on Tuesday night. Thank you guys in the chat room for being here. Uh, as always, it's it's, uh, it's it's the reason why we do it. If you weren't in the chat room, we probably wouldn't even do it. So we appreciate everybody's support. It's going to be another fun weekend. Go Pacers, please! That's you right. got another team in you. Uh, last night, I was I was devastated. Oh, we had a great time, and then uh, something just happened, and the players didn't get it done. And I love what Roy Hibbert said. He got up on the podium, and by the way, Roy's such a beast. Uh, him and David West, absolutely taking it to the Heat. Uh, like, and I don't think they expected this. Um. After the year that they've had. But I really feel like we're going to take this game, to, this series of seven games. And then it's all off the table. It's You know, uh, Chris Anderson has been suspended for that dirty hit on Psycho-T the other day. Uh, uh, there should have been an automatic out- ejection from the game, just like we saw in the the series against LeBron James. Uh, oh, that, was the, that was the precedent that was already set. Uh, so anyway, go Pacers on Saturday. Beat the Heat. Built not bought. Uh, for Mike Trent, I'm Scott Atkins. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.
0: It's amazing. I'm the reason Everybody fired up this season I'm exhausted Barely breathing Holding on to what I believe And no matter I'm the only thing I'm afraid of No matter what, you'll never take that from me My reign is as far as your eyes can see It's amazing, so amazing, so amazing
1: Big Blue Nation collide with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.